Deanna Lopez is a business coach, podcast host, entrepreneur, public speaker, and coffee enthusiast. She's the host behind Fent Show and Fent Podcast. She's got two podcasts, as you just heard. Uh, one of them's in English and one's in Spanish. And that's to promote diverse female entrepreneurs around the globe. She created the space to elevate women's voices. Uh, before opening her marketing agency, Yelam LLC, she co-founded a SaaS company. Uh, they make SaaS products, which is software as a service for those who don't know. Uh, her background includes heading sales and marketing teams, copywriting, and automating every aspect of a company. When she's not working, she's playing with her puppies, traveling, reading, or listening to other podcasts with a cup of joe in her hand. If you want to find her, you can find her podcast at fentmedia.co. Once you're there, you can easily find the Spanish-speaking version if that's what you would prefer. Um, and I'm really excited to speak with her today. She's an awesome guest. Uh, so, uh, Deanna, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Um, so I've got a bunch of questions and a bunch of things I want to talk to you about, but first I think it would be helpful. Why don't you tell a little bit about your story, how to, and I just read your bio, but that's not where you started. That's where you are. Um, how did you get to becoming an entrepreneur? What, what did, what did that journey look like for you? Well, it's, it's been a long journey as an entrepreneur. I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Uh, that's where you can say that I did learn a lot and my family has a like five software companies at the moment. So I did learn a, a lot from them and you know, I, I learned how to do sales, but I did study in college marketing and then I went to San Diego and I started working at marketing agencies and I did a lot of different roles in order to learn enough so I could then open my marketing agency, which I did two years ago. Finally, finally went live, but um, Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I did. It, it was um, what really held me back is that I just didn't feel ready. So then I kept thinking I need more experience. So I went to work at corporate to at least three different companies, uh, very, very large companies. And then again to like a small agency and then a bigger agency because I just wanted to know a little bit more. I wanted to be like a good leader. And I also wanted to be able to set an example, you know, be able to do a lot of the things. So I learned graphic design, I learned coding, uh, photography, copywriting. And then, well, right now I would say that my one of my favorite things to do is copyright. So it's one of my loves. Really? <laughs> That's fun. So you, you went to go work for, you know, a company in advance because you knew you wanted to go on this entrepreneurial journey, but you felt like you were missing some skills and you felt like the best way to get that would be to go learn from someone who's already doing it professionally. Um, do you feel like you gained what you were looking for there? Or do you, like, if you were to do it over again, would you still go that route or would you just jump right in and, and uh, start the agency? I think I would have started once I got, I just had corporate and then an agency. So just those two experiences, that was like enough. Instead, I just didn't feel ready again, you know, like I still felt somehow that I wasn't ready to pitch because I didn't know how to sell, you know, it's, it's mm -hmm. one thing is to know how to do the things, but uh, another skill or the confidence to get out there and really sell your services and, and sell yourself, really, that's uh, the hardest thing and what really held me back from starting the business for sure. What what did it for you? How did you learn how to sell? Well, I really learned how to sell when I was very young. But the problem is that this time I was 
you know, selling myself. It's very easy, even mm. for even today, it's super easy for me to sell a product or a service or even your services, but it's very extremely difficult to sell myself or even say like my company, my services. It's it's just harder. And, and this is something that most entrepreneurs go through, you know, it's hard to uh, put your face like on the interwebs. You know, it's really easy for me to sell sure. stuff and I can get on on webinars and have them confidence. But the thing is that it's like I just waited. I've been waiting enough and, you know, life is short. So just, just do it. I'm like I'm it's I waited too long. That's for sure. You know, you know, I really resonate with what you're saying because I had a, a period in my life where I was kind of afraid to like do my own marketing too and like start selling my own stuff for, for my agency. Um, and I'm, I'm wondering, do you have any thoughts on why that might be the case that it's so, so challenging to, to promote yourself when, you know, I was actually in the same position as you at the time I was marketing other businesses um, and I, was, I had no problem doing that. So the skill set was not the problem. It had to be something in the mindset, right? Yes, it's definitely a mindset. And it's not the, the sales skills. I really, for me, it was super easy to get on webinars and get on stages to sell products and, you know, software or pro programs in the pharmaceutical company products. And it's been just really hard to, to deal with myself. I really don't know why it is, but most of entrepreneurs have this challenge, but it's just something that you have to, you know, like when you jump and you're still scared, like you just have to get yourself out there, even though you don't love it. Like you're not going to get anywhere if you don't get over yourself. That's a real thing. You just have to get over yourself. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I, I definitely get that. So so now you're you're doing, um, I was just on your website for your agency just a few minutes ago, and you're you're promoting a, a webinar masterclass. Tell me about that. Like what what are you doing there? What's the... What's the the key value proposition of that of that webinar? Of course, yes. Or so this this year, uh, it's been a little bit more challenging as um, in most businesses uh, for my clients. So a lot of my clients reduced their budget, and now what I'm doing is expanding my services. I am I have been trying to shift as as well to something more evergreen. And I'm doing right now a quick test of my MVP. So I'm not going to just launch an online course and, you know, waste all that time to just create it. I'm doing, you know, selling workshops. I'm not just doing them for free. I'm, do, I'm selling workshops and I'm selling um, quick, like, boot camps and, and like, so for, so for, for some better uh, students, you know, just to test it out and get their feedback. And then I'm going to do like a bigger launch. I'm trying to build an online course for copywriting. As I said, that's my true love. I realized that after coding, programming, and doing basically everything you can do in a marketing agency, that that's my favorite thing to do, you know, to sit down and write a copy that converts. And it is also the the thing, because I did ask my friends that what would be the one thing of all of my skill sets that they would come to me or that, that would say that I'm like, the, that that's my superpower. So uh, writing is fun and and it's really challenging, but I, I really enjoy it. You know, I just sit, I enjoy sitting down and just writing. So the webinar is um, 
going back to, to answer your question. So sorry, that was very long. So the webinar is um, for those, it's for solopreneurs, for freelancers that they just are scared to get the, you know, to just get out there and, or who haven't ever like hosted a webinar. Maybe some people don't know the tech behind it, which is like very easy. So I'm going to hold her hand. It's a, uh, this one is three sessions. So it's going to be three Wednesdays at the same time and recording will be available. And this is just a little test for another workshop that will, uh, that I'm going to launch in, in like a month or so. But I'm excited okay. because this is, this has been, I, I think I launched that in less than 10 days. I am just used to launch a lot of products. I think that one of my friends also told me like, do you, you really like to launch things? I'm like, well, I'm used to launching a lot of products <laughs> <laughs> and I love that thrill, that thrill of, you know, that adrenaline when you, you're about to click like live. So it's exciting. It's a, it's fun. What kinds of stuff have you launched in the past? And I do want to talk more about copywriting and webinars, but I'm just curious what, what kinds of products, what, what's the background there? Yeah. So I've launched, uh, when I was in, I would say, hold on, let me go back to you. Okay. So, um, I've launched several software products and I would say three by myself. And when I view myself, it's me and like a team of three or five people. Uh, but I was like leading the whole thing and it is, it is very exciting, but it's also slash a lot of fear <laughs> because um, you never know how people are going to react to it. And even though you pre you can prepare for months or, for example, for one launch that I had, we only prepared for two months, but we already had a community. So it was it was a different, different kind of launch. So it's not just like to the unknown. Uh, but yeah, so basically launching that, I've launched, I've helped launch a lot of uh, marketing agencies with my friends. And what else? I had like two little side hustles that I launched before as well, and those didn't work out. So let's forget about that. <laughs> Take the losses with the wins. <laughs> yeah. And that's just part of it. Yeah, it's part of it. And I also get really excited to launch like all the websites from my entrepreneur friends. I always get involved, you know, I was, uh, sometimes I just do it for fun, you know, because like I said, I love when people go live. So I want to talk more about copywriting then. Yeah. Uh, what you said, you mentioned you love it cause it's like a challenge and it's creative. What, um, what, first of all, what kinds of copy do you do? Like I'm in the website design space. So I'm imagining like website copy and blogs and stuff like that. But are you also doing like print media copywriting or any other applications that I might not be thinking of? Yes, of course. So copywriting um, is just anything, any copy, you know, wherever it is, if it's print or digital. But you would say that the, your core a copy will be in your website. And then from there, you'll develop a sales page or sell, several sales pages and ads that come with that as well as anything in your newsletter. So it's just your brand voice that has to be polished and it's going to be the same all over the media. And it's fun. To what do you mean it. when you say, oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, no. I think it, it goes with what you were asking. I was going to ask, what did you mean when you said brand voice? So part of your brand voice is 
basically the personality of your brand. So let's think about, for example, um, Palm Wonder. They have uh, their own personality, which is like playful, a little bit young, and very approachable. So they, the way that you speak when you're writing as the brand, you have to think of it as, as a as its own life form, like its personality, uh, where it's from. Like it, it has, you have to basically have a persona. And, you know, maybe it's a he or she or them, like you do have to have that first set and then you develop a voice from, uh, from that like brand persona. And yeah, you just set up the voice. That's something that you go with, with the team or, you know, if you're the, you're the, like a solo entrepreneur just by yourself, you can develop it with a consultant. And it's very fun to brainstorm this because you can refresh your image and say, well, we don't want to be that kind of brand anymore. Now we want to be more approachable or more fun because sometimes businesses do that or you just want to go more serious if you're going to go more into a B2B um, strategy. So, you know, how companies tend to be more serious when they're B2B or when you're talking more about like legal stuff or uh, or anything to do with doctors is just a little bit more serious. And I really love to make brands fun. So you, that's, you give them a personality with uh, content. That's super interesting. Um, one question that I have about that. So I know you mentioned that you work with a lot of like freelancers and maybe not in a copywriting capacity, but in like a workshopping capacity and educating them, freelancers and solopreneurs. When you when you work with that kind of a person, you know, they essentially are their own brand, they're a personal brand. Mm -hmm. Do you help them develop a, a brand voice that's separate from the way that they just are online? Like, do they still have to be conscious about the way that they're presenting themselves and the words that they're choosing? Or, you know, like, should they just be like, yeah, I am my brand voice. It's my voice. It's, you know, do you see kind of the <laughs> dichotomy there? Yes, of course. And something that it's important to really think about is, is that something that will be forever? You know, it, you, can, you don't have a real business if you're a solopreneur. Um, have you ever seen those like four quadrants when you're like an employee, a solopreneur, you have, you have an actual business? Because if you're a solopreneur, it's just like you basically have um, you have too much work you have to delegate that's when you when you have employees you're like a business owner and if you want to get to that space you have to go above you you know so maybe think that okay if I want to develop the brand voice of today but we have to think that maybe in a year there will be three people that they're going to be the account manager so it's not just me you know uh, so mm. you have to really think forward. It's like, okay, if we have, if I have a goal that I want to have a team of like three or 10 or 50 people in a year or two years, you can set up the, your brand guidelines to think of just like today. So the, you do have to separate your personality from the company as not as a, a whole, of course you have the same values because it is your company but it's just a different entity than yourself. You do have to separate uh, the both, you know, both because at, at the end of the day, it's not going to be just you. It's going to be you and your team and what you actually provide. Yeah. Huh? So what about 
maybe solopreneurs that don't intend on scaling to three to 10 employees. Does the same kind of logic apply? Like you still want to separate yourself from your, your, your brand voice from your voice? Uh, not necessarily. So a lot of people have uh, businesses that everything relies on them. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's like, um, like more of a personality type. Uh, for example, maybe we can think about like Amy Porterfield, who is in online marketing but, and yeah. also Pat Flynn. Everything's uh, really about them, even though um, you, they do sell like online courses and you, you, you tend to have, you know, to work with like some account managers sometimes, but not necessarily. It's more about them. The brand voice is, does have to stick more to them. Super cool. Super cool. Um, another question I had for you about copywriting. Do you, you know, there's, um, there's like a lot of like different methodologies around copywriting. Like the one that comes to mind that I hear about in web design all the time is story brand. And I've read that book and it's really interesting. Do you subscribe to any of those methodologies or do you kind of just have your own framework that you use? Like, how do you think about copywriting in, in a broader sense? Well, I really love to learn. I am a huge nerd uh humongous nerd i swear <laughs> so i <laughs> you have to learn from the best so the first time i actually learned about copywriting oh i actually have the book with me right now this is funny so this is hilarious well i'm holding my <laughs> laptop with a bunch of books up here so it wasn't too low but this is hilarious that i have this year oh my god sorry for Let's the movement <laughs> it's a very it's tiny book I was like, we'll talk, we're talking about this, but might as well. Sorry. We're going to just give him a nice plug here. Okay. No, this is old. Like I was in, um, it was, I was in college when I learned about this. So this is David um, Ogilvy. How do you pronounce it in English? Um, Sounds right. Yes. So this one is, that's when, when I really learned about what copywriting was because my teachers weren't that great. They didn't really teach us. <laughs> they just recommended this book. <laughs> but I learned about copywriting and I started to uh, fall in love with it. And then I started to, you know, buy more books. And right now I'm a big student of copy hackers, of um, who else? Um, sorry, Mari Forleo also has a the Copy Cure course. So I, every year I at least get two different courses so I can keep up to date to, you know, that the latest trends or like some headline hacks. So right now, uh, for example, every Tuesday I go into these tutorials where we exercise uh, writing, but like we, we have a counter, so we have to be as creative as possible. It's basically like playing uh, chess. Um, oh my God, I forgot the word <laughs> when people play um chess like really quickly in the park so you just be chess yes because it's like you know you just have <laughs> to like um you, if you don't practice you will not get better you can just uh you're gonna need oil once in a while so i fair enough yeah. do you have any copywriting hacks that you can uh that you could share kind of quick tidbits that you can impart on my audience <laughs> Yes, of course. I would say the most important thing about copywriting is that people tend to talk about uh, themselves or the company or say we, you know, we make the best product, we or I, I make the best product, I make this. And they tend to forget that 
you have to write in for your customers, but, and you have to talk about what you resolve for them, the solution that you bring or, uh, you know, how they will feel after you have provided that solution. So it's even when, you know, when somebody visits your website, you have to delete everything that says we or I, you have to talk about you. So always try to shift those words and say like, you will um, have the best skin after, you know, applying this cream, for example. Uh, you know, because when somebody goes in there, they, they don't, they aren't really judging you because you have those words of we, but when somebody visits your website and in 30 seconds or less, they need to know how you are going to help them. So that needs to be clear. And it, <laughs> and this is funny, but marketers just, it's not about you. Okay. It's about your clients. <laughs> that's the, that's the big takeaway there is. It's not about you. It's about your prospective clients and how you can help them. I love Don't that. Forget about it. <laughs> Get out of your head. That's that's super helpful, you know. And that reminds me of like one of the key principles in in web design, like the because that's again, like I mentioned, that's my expertise. One of the things that we need to make sure that we're doing is we need to make sure that we're answering all of their questions and showing when someone lands on the website immediately, like they need to be able to see all of the things that they're looking for, not necessarily all the things that you want them to see. Um, it's it's an interesting sh mindset shift, but uh, I, th I think it's a similar concept as to what you're describing. Yes, of um, course. So uh, I I also checked out your website and I, I love how you, you were structuring how a website, what a website needs, you know, like the image and then the solutions, the call to action. And that's just um, your basic website that converts <laughs> template. But in the wording, for example, when somebody is, when you're writing the, the call to action, normally people say like, okay, buy now, you know, mostly you want for them to get their, the feeling or the solution through that button, like, or get their thing, you know, it's that buy your mm. ticket, you can, they want to click and they're reading for them. So they need to click on something that says, uh, get my download, for example, you know, get my ticket, get, or I, yes, I want this, or, you know, I can't wait and just, you know, make it even more fun and more interesting. And because like huh. I said, it's not about you. You have to get out of your head. It's about them. What are they getting, you know, and just put yourself in their shoes and think about what they're going to click. It's like, oh yeah, or I'm going to get my freebie. And that is an, an A, B and C test that you can make. And to test which of the three buttons will work because not all of the languages that or you know the content that you write is going to work but that's when it that's the beauty of internet marketing you can just test out uh the buttons the images and you know just little 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 petite changes make a huge difference that's super true uh that's that is such a cool thing about online marketing you're right uh, you can just if anything's in doubt, you just test it, you know. So you just gave me a great idea for a test too. I'm going to change my buttons that say start a project to like upgrade your website or something more focused on the actual um, end user. So that's pretty cool. Thanks for that. Um, so just to change gears slightly here, I'm uh, just looking at what you've got going on right now. You have a ton on your plate. Um, you, you know, you're, you're balancing two podcasts, one in each language yes. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you're running an agency, which 
for those who don't know, is a crazy thing to do. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, how are you balancing all of that? What, what does your life look like now? Well, it has been very difficult to balance. So I, <laughs> I did have an ex- external challenge. So last year, basically 2019 and most of 2020, I've been very ill. So I did have to pause the podcast for a long, long time. And when I did start it, it was, I didn't have any balance at all. Like I would sleep four hours um, per day because I had the agency, I had the podcast, and I was also working part-time for one of my clients in, in a contract of eight months because it, they wanted me full-time, but I didn't want because I had just launched my business. But I was like, I can do it all. And so I overworked, I got burnt out, and mm. then I had, um, uh, sports injury. So that was bad. And I couldn't even work. So I didn't work for like eight months, wow. paused everything. And then this year I was I was like, Oh, I'm back. Yes, turn is my year. What I had another injury. <laughs> and then Oof. everything else that happened, that's not great. But, you know, I have savings, thank God I do have, you know, some clients that were still with me, but it has been difficult to come back. So I've been coming back s- slowly. Uh, but in a most in a more focused way and pivoting like we're all doing in this in on this year. And so I did come back with some help. So I do have an editor, thank the Lord. And now I am looking for actually an intern for January. So I'm gonna start looking actually in like these two weeks. And because I do want to have um, an intern and a virtual assistant starting on January and February because it is difficult to just, you know, try to handle everything. And, you know, sometimes you just have to pause if you need to. And also, you have a permission because it's 2020. So we're good. And yeah, it's it, true. It is difficult to balance, but you have to set priorities. I was going to, I was about to launch a different project and then I, catch myself and I was like, no, Diana, don't do this again. <laughs> so I said, no, the most important thing is to say no to a lot of things and just, uh, you know, really get focused on select the one thing that you want to do and just do it right. Yeah, I I feel so many of the lessons that you just described. And it sounds like you've had a rocky, crazy couple of years, but I'm glad you, you know, you're in a focused mindset right now and things are going up. That's, that's really awesome to hear. Um, one thing you mentioned to me before we started recording that I'm like, wait, stop. I want to talk about this online. Um, tell me about your travels. What What are you doing there? Well, I, oh my gosh, I don't know where to start. Sorry, <laughs> got a little sad there. Um, so uh, three years ago or four years ago, actually, I I saw this ad for a trip to Colombia for a month and you know just travel with like these amazing people they I was just like I'm in so I just didn't ask for permission I had a job at the time and I just started to work remotely because I I thought to myself if I don't do this now I won't do it ever you know you know to travel and I I was there for a month and I was working remotely and then uh, when I came back 
I think I started my business uh, six months later, but I was already in love with that. So I built my business around the lifestyle that I wanted to live, which is basically live by my bucket list. And I've been traveling to, you know, I went to South Africa, J to Japan. I've spent, I've been spending time in Mexico City for, I don't know, like three times a year or more. Um, all over Cancun, New York, and I'm just very, very happy. I'm sad about this year, of course, but I, I'm, I'm glad that I took the risk because it has been worth it. So are you just living in Airbnbs going from place, like while you're in each city? Uh, yes. So it, some, some I've done with a company. You know, like they set up everything up and then you meet people and you're all working in the co-working space as well. Uh, and cool. some just with friends, like we just say like, hey, uh, let's like, I, hey, I bought a ticket in New York and they also work remotely. And okay, I'll, I'll come with you. And they just join me. You know, sometimes you have friends like that. <laughs> so funny enough, I actually started doing something similar this year. Um, because like everyone's working from home. So I just figured I'll just go live in a different city from each month and just go Airbnb. But you know, when COVID's over, I want to start doing it in other countries and stuff too. So I'm definitely going to like connect with you for some travel tips on what those companies are that you found because South Africa's on my list and I'm, I'd love to see Colombia. That sounds awesome. Yes, there's a lot of a lot of different companies that do this. So they basically some offer you just the place to live or just the co-working and some offer you both. Uh, there's one called remote year. That's an entire year that you travel all over the world with the same group of people. Wow. But it is a lot for just the same group of people. That's like a lot, like a long time. But I've been traveling uh, with different groups of people and some of them have become like long life friends. And now like I have my own travel buddies and we just meet you know, in different parts of the world. And we just either work remotely or we also have just traveled for fun. Like, hey, this one week in Greece, like no working, no work. Um, because seriously, you can't work in Greece. The views are amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll note that. That's super cool. I'm really attracted to that idea. That sounds awesome. Um, do you have any tips for like being a remote nomad, a digital nomad, I think is what they're called? Yes, being a digital nomad is amazing i i don't know where to start it when it comes to tips so yeah of course you have to go local so um really try to connect with people that are locals maybe go to groups um you know like maybe like meetups and things like that go to facebook find some groups actually my friend uh when well, i think it was the second time we went to medellin in colombia she went to a Facebook group that was called like expats. And then we mm. went to a dinner. I, I didn't know she had set it up because I went to dinner and I just joined them for dinner and then like 20 people arrived and I was like, what's happening? What's happening here? They <laughs> <laughs> were saying hi. And we, we ended up, we ended up having a, an amazing time. We met for a whole, like for the whole week. We went salsa dancing, eating at nice restaurants. And doing things um, in a group, you just find your communities. And some of them had been living there for a while. And that was even better because they knew where all the good spots were. So, yeah, just don't hesitate to meet new people. And 
it just it gets more fun and more interesting awesome i'm i'm inspired um to change subjects slightly, I want to go back to webinars. Uh, this is an area that I've been interested in for a while. It seems like something that would be really applicable for my industry and industry of a lot of other people I know and I'm close with and talk to about business and stuff. Um, so first of all, what kinds of businesses should use web? Actually, you know what? First of all, how does a webinar lead to sales for those who aren't familiar? Because that's probably an abstract concept concept to some listeners. And then what kind of businesses does this apply to? Um, and, and I'd love to hear any other thoughts that you have on the subject. Yeah, that's a great question. So webinars are good for a solopreneur, if you're a, a consultant or if you have a product. It's great for, for products that are uh, intangible, such as uh, you know software as a product, like, so, sorry, software as a service as. Uh, because you can also show them the the product live, you know. Okay, you can play with it and click on it without have if they don't have access to it. You know, if you're not giving like a little um, free demo and then you're there live because you can answer questions. Uh, webinars are great because people get to know you, and you know, if you're selling something bigger, you're selling, for example, a package. If you're a business consultant, you're selling a package. They don't really know you and this is how they're gonna really get to know you and basically fall in love with you or your product or your solution so it's important to get out there it's like a, a, if you're selling in person but this is much much more fun because you can just you know you can have a community if you want if you want to make it more fun you can have people networking also a little bit and then people are you know, if you ask questions and everybody can like say like, oh, I'm from here, I'm from there. And you can also ask them questions and people are answering in the chat. So you, you can make this a little bit more fun and interesting. You can have fun questions, like icebreaker questions before you start. You know, it's not, um, it's all about how you deliver it. It's not more so of like, if it, it it's just a different strategy of doing a sales. It's basically, for example, the same, work that you put it in a sales page but you can translate it into a different medium which is uh, a webinar but interesting never so, make it like a like a typical powerpoint presentation you know just like that no so so the difference between what you're describing and like a powerpoint presentation be like this is more engaging and it's fun and it's less formal is that kind of what you're saying yes it's all about uh you just need to spice it up a little and make it more as an entertainment and as interactive as possible. Because like I said, it's not all about you. You can't just go in there and say, talk about me and my company and I'm so great and I, I know all of this. So people need to first, yeah, learn a little bit about you, but more so know your style. You have to build trust and you also need to provide a solution. So it's, you can't just create a webinar and, and sell, sell, sell. You need to give a tip, you know, they need to really get something out of the webinar. And yeah, if you're giving out mm -hmm. information for free, yeah, do so because they are giving you their time and that is valuable. You have to give them something in return. So you provide value and then at the end you will sell. But first it's all about 
uh, value and learning and just building that trust and just being yourself, being authentically you. So don't put, not putting a front, not being like, for example, too formal. Um, mm-hmm. It's uh, basically like if you would sit with a friend and you know, you're comfortable and you're being yourself and not necessarily too formal, but you're not like, like drinking beers, but you're trying to sell him a service that you have. So how would you do that? You can do that in a webinar, but also make it fun and, and very, very approachable as you, as if you were explaining either your grandma or your five-year-old niece, you know, it just has to be very easy digestible yes very easy no jargon jargon is that allowed interesting okay um one of the things that like i've hesitated about doing this for is like i can't really put my finger on like a topic that i would want to do a webinar for and i'm speaking about my web design agency right now like do i want to be teaching people like how to make websites or like how to optimize a page like how do you think about a topic when you're working with a business? Like how do you help them come to a decision uh, on, on what their target audience would actually be interested in learning about? Yeah, that's an excellent question and more so for solopreneurs. And what I've heard from other entrepreneurs is, and what I've read also is it's not, a, it's not your decision. It's really a decision your prospects and ideal clients can answer for you. So you can ask in a survey, but if you already had four, four clients, for example, you can ask them, okay, like if, if there was one thing that you want to learn from me, uh, or one thing that you would, you would recommend me to teach others, what would it be? And you can start from there. Maybe there's something that they want to know more about, or maybe they just have no idea what it is. And also another thing that you can do is. Um, when you talk about just web design, you can do, you know, like I said, something entertainment, something really entertaining. So maybe do an audit live for like three websites, Mm. you know, that'd be fun. And yeah, because it's not just like you, right. So you can also, uh, maybe invite two of your clients or maybe two prospects that want, they want their websites audited. And you can like say, okay, uh, what are you, we're, we're going to have this form. People can submit uh, their websites if they want to be audited on Friday at 3 p.m., for example. And then you have, you choose two or three people and then you edit their web, audit their websites live. And then, then you also do an example for like a real customer or like a huge company. You know, it's very nice to, to make real examples. Uh, but also do examples of like huge companies, like just um, case studies. But then also do the, those live ones. That's very, that's very fun. I love that idea. I think I'm going to do that. I think that's a sweet <laughs> idea. Because um, yeah. it's like, not, not only is it, is it actually interesting? Because w- like you've been saying this whole time, right? What do people care about other than themselves? Seriously. So like when you got people in a webinar about a website, okay, they don't want to hear about the theory of how websites work. That doesn't really matter to them. They want to see their website and how that works. Um, so I love that idea. The uh, And also it just positions me as an expert right there. So that's that's brilliant. Uh, great, great thinking. The... The next concern that I think people probably run into when they're doing this decision-making process is like, okay, this webinar is going to suck if two people show up. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. what, what, uh, 
how do I ensure that I get a certain number of applicants or of uh, attendees? Like, are you recommending people use like Facebook ads? Like how, how do you build the community that you were describing earlier? Of course, don't worry if you have just two people, just go ahead and do it. You know, it, it don't worry about those things right now. Of course you have to market yourself. And even if, if it's, it's okay, if you don't get all the ticket sales, we can also do, you know, like scholarships, like give some free and just have some people join free. If they're going to be like, um, well, actually that's not fair. Forget about that. <laughs> Cause yeah, the people that pay will say like, Oh, that's not fair. Um, but you can have at least two to just give you feedback. You know, you can say like, okay, I'm going to give you access, but if you like answer this like huge form, for example, or give you a 30 minute feedback, like the next day, um, where they're going to be like writing notes, uh, so you can, you know, so you can just get out of yourself and like, see how people, uh, learn from you. Cause you really need to, you, you will only learn how to nail these if you do some, even if you have one person there. Just go ahead and do it. And don't worry, I think there's, uh, I think with Demio, you can hide the number of participants if that's the thing that you're like, ah, ah that's no, cool. no. <laughs> if that's something that's holding you back, I believe that in, in you can do that in, in, in most of the, of the, not in Zoom calls, but like for a, actual webinar uh, software, you will only see like the comments, but like nobody will know if there's two people or if there's 150, you know, some, some communities are very shy. Some people just don't, even though there's like 800 participants, maybe like only 50 will be on the chat because some people are just shy and that's normal. And, but some communities are just, you can see, you can't even read the chat. They're just like, Oh my Lord, but don't be scared. Uh, do it. Believe me, my first webinar was, I think I had one person in the team and then we had um, just two people. I saw two people join in <laughs> and that was a demo for a software, I think, that we just launched and we had, I believe, like 25 people that were going to attend and then they did it. That sucks. Yes. Do and you have, do you ever like Sorry. But uh, nothing happens now, sorry. Yeah, fair enough. Do you ever automate your webinars? Like I hear I hear a lot of talk about like these evergreen webinars and stuff like that. Do you believe in that kind of stuff or not your thing? Absolutely not. No. I've also been part of those. No. I've, I've I've been in a couple of those where I realize that it's not live and you can see the chat that's going like slow and you can tell that that's and like I write in and I don't see my my comment I'm like oh this is sketchy so that is this is very click funnel yeah. that is not a way to build trust that is actually counterproductive so I would say don't do that some people do it but I would not recommend it even for big names um you you can totally even tell what when you see the tools like oh that's one is completely automated so um no people will value if you if you provide them your with your time as well well awesome um one other question this may seem like it's coming out of nowhere but <laughs> you've got a background in SaaS. 
and you know that's in your family and you've done you know a, a bunch of those product launches um why did you choose to go from that industry which is very kind of low touch i would say relative to the industry that you're in uh why did you choose to go into the agency which you very in an agency model you very much have to handhold clients and it's you're you're very involved in customer relations and um, you have to oversee a lot of services where as in SaaS, at least I've never run a SaaS company, so I don't know, but I imagine that it's less so. Um, a, am I correct in that assessment? And B, what made you choose to go that route? Well, I, well, I, I just love what I do because I'm very creative and mm. the products that I w- was handling in the, in the company were not really that fun. And <laughs> mm. And I, and I really, you know, at the end of the day, I want to be my own boss and I just want to have fun every day. You know, just literally be like, oh, people are actually paying me to have fun. That That's what how I want to feel at the end of the day. And, you know, actually I do have some like SaaS ideas coming up soon. But right now I, I'm just doing this because it, it's really fun. And I also love to teach people what I know. So I'm like, you know, doing the, like I said, the workshops, that's something that I used to do as well in the SAS. When it, I, like, I, I mostly teach as well, but the industry, when, which was like importing and exporting and then some payroll stuff, I was just like, oh, snore. So I changed. <laughs> <laughs> I get you. And you, you don't want to create a job for yourself that you don't like. <laughs> that's, that's no good. Um, yeah. Well, this has been super fun. Uh, thank you so much. We're definitely going to have to do this again. You're so cool. And I feel like I've learned so much just from chatting with you, both technically and also like inspirations for to go travel and kind of live the life that I want. Um, so thank you so much. Uh, where can people find you if they want to get in touch with you? I think fentmedia.co.com is where I uh, plugged earlier. Is that correct? And is there anywhere else? Yeah, for sure. So the podcast is on in, in that website fentmedia.co and .com Co. is the one in Spanish. So either way, okay. you'll get me. <laughs> and with my agency And what if they want to find your agency? The agency is Yellum. Uh so basically like yellow but at instead of w and m. And also .co and on Instagram you can uh, get in touch with me. I'm at it's Diana Lopez. Literally, ITS. <laughs> At ITS. Nice. <laughs> and yeah, that's basically, and all over, that's how my handle is on, on Twitter and also on LinkedIn. So get in touch and I'll, I'll see you on the next one. Awesome. Thank you so much.